on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. What's up, you fish freaks? Welcome to podcast episode number 56 of the KFO Show, brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. If you guys have not been over to that channel yet, over 1,000 videos. I put out daily shorts, daily community posts, a weekly podcast, the one you listen to right now, and one weekly video, sometimes two, sometimes three. I don't know. But uh, I hit a couple milestones this past week. Um, just hit 33,000 subscribers, which is pretty exciting to me. But more exciting than that, just hit 7 million views. And so three years, 7 million views, here we go. So I'm excited about that. Hey, guys, if you're looking for some community and you're over on Facebook and you don't hang out all the other platforms, let me let me send something your way. I created a YouTube community page called Kayak Fishing Freaks. And so if you consider yourself a freak, I'm gonna throw the link down here. I would love for you to join that group. I started a little over a month ago, already have 534 members and it has been a good time just about every single day. Remember, for those of you joining in live, this is an interactive podcast. Uh, ask your questions. I'll try to get them answered. And of course, I love when all you guys are talking sometimes about what I'm talking about, sometimes not. Get your own conversations going on. But let's go ahead and welcome our guest tonight, Brendan, owner of Brown Bait Company. Welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? And you thank you what? for having me. I it's been a wild, wild, wild week for work. I was out in I was out <laughs> in Arizona. So I work for an organization called Child Help. We help mm-hmm. Um, kids who have been abused emotionally, okay. you name it. And we had our uh, our gala. So we had like 750 people out there. Uh, oh, we have wow. a bunch of celebrity ambassadors. So uh, like John Stamos <laughs> and Kathy Lee Gifford and John O'Hurley and all these people are in this event. And so it was been a wild last week for me. Uh, one, meeting those individuals. Two, going to the first event. Three, raising, raising some money to help serve some from vulnerable kids in need. So it's been a good week. That's amazing. I'm tired. I'm tired. So how about how about you? How's your week going? You know, it's going good. I got out to go fishing a little bit. Only got one fish though. So only one bite the entire trip. And Ooh. it was a solid fish. So I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna complain about it. But it's uh it's been weird. Like the weather's been crazy out here. Like it's yeah. been like 70 degrees, then it's 30 degrees, then we get like a bunch of inches of rain, like like a ton of rain. Like I'm talking like a bunch. So like the river's up like 15 feet right now. Whoa. It's, it's kind of crazy. So the weather's like, like the fish don't know what to do right now. Like it's kind of weird. Uh, so when you say sizable, flex a little bit. Five pounds. Ooh, nice. So just over a chunker. So that's a good one. Solid that's fish. a good one. Do you catch it on one of your customs? Um, no, I actually caught it on a mission fish. So it's like a seven inch paddle tail, oh. but with a weight in the chin. It's a pretty, it's a very special bait. Wow. A little different than most, most baits out there. It's nice. actually the very first line through to ever be released on the market of baits ever so all right, all right. do you have uh, one with you or is it still on like your pole I somewhere in fact show 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 i know some of us are listening in so we'll try to explain it to you he's grabbing it as we speak i like it all right got some people out here oh my gosh the comments are ridiculous right now <laughs> oh three hours on the water and not a bite from southwest indiana outdoors all right, so keep in mind, the majority of the people listening are listening to this, so let's be descriptive as we possibly can. What are you showing us? Of course. 
So this is uh, made by 316 Lurico. So okay. one of the OGs in the big bait world and big fish world. This bait has caught a couple of 20 pounders, I believe, out in California. Um, it's the first bait that Miguel Ellis from 316 ever made. The first line through ever made. So you can see the head there has a bunch of weight stuffed into it. Into it. And it's basically a really skinny, long paddle tail kind of swim bait. It means he has a belly slot right in there. And you just use it, just takes a, an EWG hook. And I believe he bends the tip up just a bit. Oh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm six pretty up? sure he does. Uh, this is the seven inch bait, so I'm not sure which size. It looks like a seven off, maybe. Yeah. Oh, uh, but basically, yeah, you just run your line through the head, through the weight, and it comes out in the belly slot. You tie your hook to it, stick the hook in here, and it is extremely, extremely weedless bait. It's a very special little bait. My favorite color is black, just because it's I don't know it stands out in the water really good here. So um, yeah, we're we're gonna go we're gonna deep dive right off the bat. Oh, so what perfect. set us up? What were you, why were you throwing it? Where were you throwing it? On what were you throwing it? And okay. like just how do you work that particular bait? Okay, so um, the reason I was throwing it is so that I could cover water effectively with this bait. You can swim it. It has a it has a different action than most swim baits. It kind of has some side to side roll. And a little bit of tail kick and head movement so it kind of has everything you want but the big thing for me about this bait is i fish it like a jig or a worm so you can fish this in place of a jig or worm so you throw it out there the big thing is has tail kick as it falls so you know if you ever yeah. fish a jig you like that that craw trailer you know kicking as it goes down because a lot of the time those fish they eat it whenever it's on the fall so that's a big thing for me on these guys and they come in smaller sizes as well but um yeah i was using this bait to pitch around to cover just to see if the fish were up super shallow getting ready to spawn yet because that's where there's, you know, the stage that we're in right now. So they're about to spawn. They're thinking about it. But the weather's being weird. So that's the reasoning behind throwing this bait right here. So I can be effective in covering, you know, small areas, but also covering yeah. large areas, you know, swimming it. So yeah, yeah the weather's you, you weird can literally up here. fish it. The weather's weird up here where I'm at too. It's called freaking ice. I know. <laughs> you got me crazy. Aaron, welcome <laughs> from Ohio. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, brother. It's ice. So, so help everyone out. Where, where are you fishing at where you catching mm -hmm. fish right now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm here in uh in georgia so we get top water all year round which is mm. you know something amazing <laughs> everyone That's has a, a just side hating you just, a little bit more yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah so that's that's where I fish at most of the time. I do a little bit in Florida every once in a while too, which is fun, you know, because Florida is like such a different animal. It's kind of like everything's like different there. Like every aspect of fishing there is different. Like you've got grass involved. A lot of the places have like current moving water and it's uh it's very different. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? But how much very similar bait, water clarity. How much do those baits run that you just showed? These ones are I think they're like fifteen bucks each. No. Oh, okay. So they're super cheap. They come with the hook that you need. They have all the information on how to rig them on the package as well. Very well done bait. They can last you tons and tons of fish. Um, I like the biggest, like this one right here, the seven inch size. He does make an eight inch. I haven't put in the time with it, but this one right here, the seven inch size is, uh, has been the best one for me so far. Yeah, best producer. Super soft. Like the durometer on that looks like it is a very super soft, soft plastic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of very soft. Yeah, and it's a, it's a tight action, but the cool thing is you can feel it extremely good in your rod, which is a big thing for me. Like, if you go, like, throughout the show, I'm sure we're going to get into it eventually, but oh, we're getting into feel, feel is a big thing for me because I want to be able to feel what that bait is doing, what it's doing on the bottom if I'm dragging it, or I want to feel what it's doing whenever I'm reeling it. You know, this bait has 
it just has it like you can feel it really good so that's a big thing for me um your rod also plays into that and what line you're using with the bait so that's where i was going next you might as well yes. might as well take this thing all the way to yes. your hands so let us what, what are you throwing it on yeah why are you throwing it on it i'm throwing it on a big jig rod that's all it is big jig rod um just like a seven six heavy with a fast action because you're setting the hook kind of hard with this because that that hook right there has to go through the plastic a little bit you know okay. so i gotta set the hook just like a jig it, it literally that's all it is it's a swim jig a pitching jig and a worm all mixed in one so it weighs a little bit more though it weighs like an ounce and a half so it is a pretty hefty bait you can tuck it far um i like 20 pound big game with this just because i like that stretch i also like how abrasion resistant it is mono, and are dirty game, mono right Yes, big game mono, Berkeley right. big game. Yes, super cheap. You can just I just change it out every week on all my reels, and uh, I I never had anything break off. It's like the most durable line ever. That's pretty much the reason I use it. Because like if I hook into like a if I hook into a seven pounder, I want to be able to get him out of that tree and you know have my line not break. And even if I get wrapped up in the tree some way somehow, I, I have fine. confidence my line's not going to break. You know, <laughs> I mean, because I used fluoro, I used a ton of different fluoros, and right. I think all right. Here's my unpopular opinion. I think fluoro is a scam unless you're fishing clear water. That's that's my thing. I know it's unpopular. Oh, all right. Because Sammy. it's marketed, you know, as more durable, but it's not, you know. I'm just waiting for people to boo you. You already have a boo I mean, in here like, from, from Nuts Pond. He says all us northern oh, folks man. just booed you at top water all year. And so you guys can keep the booze coming along if you, if you uh, keep it coming. I love I love my my fluorocarbon line. That's all that I use. I also fish really? in like clear water here in Ohio. Oh yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Little rich. <laughs> he said I wouldn't hang Christmas ornaments on monofilament. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well done, little. Well done. That's I love it right there. So yeah, what do you say to this one? Well, hook sets suck from Mind Hacks. What do you got to um, say to that, Brandon? I don't really have anything to say to that. Um, I'm usually using this bait. Mass, I mean, He's got nothing to say right now. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, <laughs> like my thing with like treble hook baits and monofilament, like the, the line, you just load into them. You don't set the hook on them like a treble hook bait. Or at least I don't because my setups are perfectly set up to how I want to use them. So mm -hmm. I just lean into them. You load into them and you grab them to the boat. You know, make sure you have constant pressure and don't move your rod over like this. You know, because then you're, you know, getting slack in your line most of the time. Um, unless you're moving backwards with the fish, then you can kind of keep some tightness to that line. But, I mean, I don't, I've never had an issue with setting the hook on monofilament before. Yeah. So, that's, right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because the way I fish or the places that I fish, you know, or the way I'm working the bait or something. I don't know. That's, a, that's the freaking beauty of fishing. Right. Mm -hmm. Who 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 can sit here and say, "Hey, you're wrong" when you're when you're landing fish consistently? Um, That's very true. I haven't broken off a fish in about a year and a half now. I boom! Think. There it yeah. is. So it's the there big it thing is. for me. Yeah, I know, right? I, <laughs> if I can all... land all fit, every fish I hook into, I'm happy. I'm sticking with that system. You know, if you dial in your <laughs> system, you got the nuances of how much you can pull on that thing and yep. um, yank on it and set the hook on it and feel confident it's not going to break off. Hey. Hey, exactly you got it you got a system and it's working for you so go with it uh ripping yeah. lips outdoors here kind of going off book kind of not what we're talking about but something we were talking <laughs> about it's like hey this this got me asking a question the question he asked was thoughts on mm. dc reels got any thoughts on dc reels yes i hate the sound of them <laughs> but i mean like here's my thing is like like all like i have one dc reel and it's the Terry's monster drive md the, the interiors it's like a jdm 
and Terry's like a 200 size reel. It has the DC system in it. And it's kind of annoying sounding. Every time I cast it, I'm like, Ugh. but I like the big gears and the good drag in it. It's mm -hmm. like the smoothest drag I've ever had. So that's like my specific like workhorse reel. Like that's specifically for throwing a one specific bait because it's like dialed in perfectly. It's got the perfect gear ratio, but DC reels, I think it's good for beginners. If you are a beginner or if you have trouble skipping, that is a good way of getting into it. But for me, I don't, I don't see why I, sh why I should spend extra money to get a DC reel for me personally. So what do I know you, how to cast? What's your, uh, so what do you like then? I'm, I'm going with no DC, no DC reels. Um, oh, wow. that's my, that's my preference. If I had a preference, if I had to go all of my DC, all of my reels are DC or all of my reels are non DC, I'm going non DC, you know, just because there's, there's a big price difference there, you know, for sure. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grimy fishing's got a comment for you. I like this comment. It says, Hey, Wendell fishing. My system is superior to Brendan's. My system is buy all the things, catch all the fish. <laughs> Boom. There you go, folks. <laughs> grimy, you should do your own podcast. I listen oh, to that man. one. Buy all the things. I would too. Catch all, the <laughs> catch all the fish. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. So help me out here. All right. Why? How did you get started with Brown Baco? Cause you're not like my age. You're not 42. You're young. So where did you learn this right off the bat yeah. and become like proficient in it? I was over on your Instagram today and you got some sick looking baits. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I kind of got it into it. And I think in 2017, 2018, somewhere around in there, um, that's when I got into it because I didn't, you know, I was like, uh, I don't have enough money to buy all these big, big fancy baits and stuff. Maybe I should try to make them because we have like a shop and everything. We've got wood. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to try it. See how, see where this goes. Okay. And then I realized it's more expensive, but then I realized I loved it. So I was like, dang it. Now I've gotten myself into this mess. So I just kept on running with it. And it's nice to be able to make your own stuff and catch fish on it because there's mm. no feeling like that. Like it's the best thing ever. Like you, like you hook into a good fish and you're like, yeah, this is amazing. Then you double that on something that you like made yourself, which mm. is just, it's, it's even better, you know, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's been a while since I started. It's, um, it's a lot of fun though. It, uh, it's very fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I got into, and it was planned. I was like, all right, this I try, every winter I try to do something like dive into something I don't know. Last yeah. year it was I I brought up I bought a propel drive and just broke that thing apart and made like eight or nine videos of how to maintain and take yeah. apart from and put back together and clean and all that jazz. This year it was I'm gonna start doing some some plastics, some remelts, some some intro to uh, so I had world's worst fishing on uh, a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago. That was a sick show. That guy knows his crap. I see that he He's follows amazing. you too on Instagram. I was like, oh, there's World yes. Worst Fishing. Man, that guy's talented. If you guys missed that one, make sure you go back and, and watch that because incredibly talented, bringing the heat. I mean, my goodness. Essentially took all his videos and made one because I went yeah. through and asked questions <laughs> on all the videos that he did and then made him do like the highlight reel. So that it was amazing. That was fun. But I cannot wait because I have hundreds and hundreds of all my favorite colors and nuances of my colors. I cannot wait to throw all of my favorite oh, yes. salt contents. And oh, I can't wait to slay this upcoming spring, which is right around the corner That's for awesome. me. So Heck looking yeah. forward to that. Find so how did you get into like open water? <laughs> right. I know, not ice. So <laughs> tell me how you got into you, you really don't do YouTube. You're not out there doing YouTube videos. You have you have a no, podcast of really. your own. Yes. Which I was on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is yes. good. So you do that with mainstream fishing. 
Yep, yep. It's actually moved over to his own channel now. So it's actually all on his channel because I was just like, you know what? Let's get you more subs. I want to help you out, and we're going to get you to 1,000 this year. But um, we actually met through Devo. We were both on his stream at once, and we were like, you know what? We kind of headed off. Let's let's do a podcast. Because, you know, I was doing a few streams here and there doing it, and I still do streams on my channel, like in the shop. So I'll be building baits and doing a stream at the same time or whatever, or I do streams like as I'm fishing and stuff like that. Um, those are just kind of sporadic everywhere here and there, you know, whenever I feel like it or whenever I have time. But yeah, I, I actually used to have a YouTube channel called Fishing the Southeast. And that, okay. was, a, that was before I started making baits, um, maybe 2016, somewhere around there. All right. And I did like stupid videos, you know, like <laughs> just, just dumb, like, you know, frog versus Senko challenge, like all this stupid, you know, like, or I, I shouldn't say stupid, but you know, like just videos as you do starting out. And I made like probably a hundred, 150 videos. Oh, wow. I got to like, I think I got to like 400 s- subscribers and I was just keep kept on making them and making them and making them. And then I was just like, you know what? I kind of burn out. I want to get into this bait deal and just do that, you know? And then eventually I got into the podcasting with Jermaine and now we're here. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can burn out for sure. So it is, uh, you gotta, yep. you gotta find your own cadence, your own tempo. Exactly. I was just too busy. Like I was just like, you know, it's either it's either film a video today or go fishing. And I was like, oh. you know, I'd rather go fishing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a problem. You don't <laughs> you ever know? want to have that film a video yeah. or go fishing. Yeah. Um, Chad that's Hoover like and I were talking, and we're talking about this kind of podcast in general. He's like, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, Chad, the reason I started one is because one, I never fish in the evening. He's like, and two, um, I forget the second point. It would just, just, just remember a second ago. But at the end of the day, it's like I started the podcast because I don't do anything in the evening. Like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm glad, so glad you told me that because I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in the scenario of, oh, I got to make it back because I have a show tonight and I miss out on, you know, an awesome night of potential fish and fishing. So, um, yeah, interesting there. So I got a comment here coming in from Andy Leonard. Hey, Brennan, oh, got my awesome. awesome baits today. So you're going to have to yes. let us know what in the world it is that you made for him. Oh yeah, so um, Andy Leonard won a giveaway that I did uh, during Christmas time, and I custom painted a triple trout for him and sent him a six-inch HD bull shad and seven or six-inch citizen. So, and I think I might throw in some other stuff in there. I can't remember, but yes, I got a. Uh, he's the guy that won the giveaway, so I custom painted him a triple trout. Uh, he said, "Just choose something." I think I think he said he lives on. Uh, near Kentucky Lake. So I okay. threw him together color on the triple trout of a Kentucky Lakeish color that I thought would do good there. And, you know, those are, none of those are my baits that I made personally. Those are just ones I had on hand that I thought were good ones for him to start with nice. uh, as a beginner. I love it. But yeah, let's switch, let's, let's switch gears here a little bit. I got a question for you. Cause I see you did, you did okay. do a couple of videos that's still floating out there. And yeah. I was thinking about this cause I posted a, a community post just this past week. And I had basically all my lures out. I was cleaning them. I take a toothbrush to them. I kind of have a process for how I do it. I was like, hey, am I the only one out there that cleans all of their lures every, <laughs> every winter? <laughs> and everyone's like, yep, yep, you are. And then a few other people are like, nope, I do the same thing. And so I'm curious, one, do you do that with your lures? And two, mm-hmm. how would you restore an old an old bait that you find? Ooh, like, what's your process for I like that? this. I like this right here. So first um, off, I do not clean any single lure I own unless I'm repainting it. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, I don't like a lot of these lures on here have like grass and clay and mud on them still. They like they're just that. sitting back there. I mean, they can't like, handle it. Yeah. 
oh man, I don't know how like you like you spend that you spend that much time. Well, I guess you're not fishing, so I mean, it's, it's like it's it outside. Sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't live where I mean, you it makes are. Makes sense now, but yeah, <laughs> See, I, I don't want to take yes, any. You are. Yeah, I don't want to take any time away from like fishing or bait making. Like I'm just like full sprint, just go on it. But uh, yeah, and then like restoring old baits, that's an interesting one. Okay. So depending on your different baits, um, you got on me. <laughs> and then uh, restoring old baits, a lot of the times you can take a Mister Clean Magic Eraser to the bait, yeah, and you can just wipe all that like grime away. Sometimes. In rare cases, you've got rust that's built up under the bait, or you've got the bait is bubbling almost, like it's got these bubbles where moisture has come out of the bait from the sun and leached out and tr is trying to penetrate the paint in the clear. So it makes these bubbles. I think I might have a bit back there if you guys want to see that has bubbling on it. It's yeah, called it. lifting. While you're doing it here, I read everyone's comments over here. Sly Foss Fishing. Yeah. Oh, you got Sorry. already. All yep. right. Uh, so, let's see. Here we go. Really hard to see. I don't know if you see that big old spot right now. Now I see it. All yeah, right. That spot right there is a giant bubble. Looks like a from, blister. Yeah, exactly. It's it's where moisture comes out of the bait. It heats up from the heat from the sun, and it lifts out that paint, and it creates just an air pocket there where the paint or where the air is trying to escape the bait, but it can't because there's paint and there's clear there, so it kind of bubbles up. So those kind of things right there you can't really fix, and that happens on some old baits more or less wood baits and you actually see it in like uh, striking baits and six sense baits especially if they have moisture in them from the factory when they were welded together with the plastic weld kind of deal and if you leave them out in the sun like in your boat over like the weekend where it's like 110 115 degrees in your boat a lot of the time they'll split open because that moisture it's expanding wow so that's what happens there but you can't really fix that right there unless you want to sand down the entire bait and reseal it and repaint it so that's kind of a thing, especially with balsa baits. But well, really yeah, quick, you, let's, let's back up a little bit because you said this happens, and you've noticed specifically with six sense baits. Why? Why? I have that no particular, idea. Why. Is it where they're I made? Mean, is a lot of moisture in the air wherever they're made, and never to get dry? You know. I mean, possibly a lot of the time the companies they do a pressure test. So when they take their ABS baits, they uh, finish molding them and you know putting all the weights in them and welding them back together. A lot of time they throw them in some water and they put them in a pressure pot and it pressurizes them. So whichever ones leak, get thrown out or reused or whatever like that or fixed or uh, filled or whatever. And then okay. those other, other ones that did not leak in that pressure tank, um, those ones get you know sent off and dried and prepped for paint. And sometimes, I guess, sometimes the moisture in that pressure pot gets in some way, somehow, possibly. Um, I'm assuming that's where it comes from or whenever they fit them, fit them together, so. Interesting. Yeah. By the way, Cooler Lid, AP120, says Magic Eraser works great on cleaning cork as well. Ooh, so if you got some dirty cork on your rods, very cool. Mr. Clean can make that go away. I like it. Kinda it kind of works for everything. It's like, honestly, it does. <laughs> Aaron yeah. Short asked the question here. Do you both fish from kayaks? I do. Got, I, I fish out of a boat, and I own a paddleboard, uh, an inflatable paddleboard. So... I don't know if you've seen these around. I'm not sure if you've seen these like on like YouTube or Instagram. They're kind of all over now. It's like a new thing. But uh, Marshall, the homeless fisherman, I'm not sure if you are familiar, familiar with him or anything like that, but he is, uh, he's actually homeless. He is, in fact, homeless. Um, <laughs> he throws right. mainly big baits. With a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. It's just the homeless fisherman, and he's on Instagram and stuff. Super cool guy. He's like really nice. But um, yeah, he's the kind of guy that I think got the whole deal started with that. But it's basically just this giant surfboard that you blow up and you can stand on and fish okay. out of so you literally like inflate it 
after like unrolling it from the back of your car, yeah. you inflate it with a pump or an electrical pump and you just drag it out there or carry it out there to the lake and you jump on and you go fishing. Like it's the easiest thing ever. I've like you think these. doing a kayak is easy. These are even easier and they're cheaper I've, too. I've had companies reach out to me like, Hey, I'll give you one of these. If you do a video on it, I'm like, mm, hard pass. Um, yeah. even though they look kind of cool, like I just don't feel like doing a video on it, but dude, um, I've put mine on like glass on like the boat ramp and stuff. Like it doesn't pop or anything. Like I've, I mean, it's kind of crazy how durable they are. And I got mine for like 150 bucks on Amazon that is, for like a year. That is cheap. And it's, it's kind of, it's really cool. Honestly, <laughs> Aaron, I typically fish from, um, always really fish from my bonafide P127. Just had a video launch on the walkthrough of that this past week. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. All right, so back to restoring old baits. Did you give us all the okay. juice there? Do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I mean, you can take uh, boiling water. If you've got soft baits that are kinked or dirty or whatever, you can just dip them in that boiling water uh, for a couple of seconds and then take them out. And if they're not straight, try it again. Um, sometimes if they're made of some weird material, they'll probably not work, like if they're too old or whatever, if they're too right. stiff. Um, so you might want to take those baits and put them in a bag and pour some warm oil or some softener in there that might soften them up depending on, you know, what kind of plastic they used or whatever. But nice. that's, that's about everything. I think, um, there's other like deals, but it's like super specific, specific to like one bait or whatever like that, you sure. know, to like it where it's like one little tiny, like spot on the bait or something like that. Very specific stuff. But yeah. So I got a question <laughs> for you. This one's fun because I'm curious. I honestly haven't really done a lot of research on this. So I really don't know. Um, and I noticed on your Instagram, you have DM me to order, repaint, tune. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about that a little bit. How do okay, you tune? Because okay. you hear about it here and there. How do you tune a, a lure? So when something's okay. out of tune, just walk us through kind of that whole process, yeah. what that means. All righty. So this, this is a really fun topic. I love this kind of topic for tuning stuff. This gets, this gets kind of fun, like especially for glide baits in, in specific. That is like a big thing. So okay. um, just going off a of crankbait, this is something that everybody should know or already does know. But if you don't, um, super important. This is actually one I made right here. Little bone, blue pearl, chartreuse, blackhead. Square bill for those listening in. Not square bill, round bill. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's a flat right, side. I can't see it. <laughs> So um, basically, you've got the line tie there. And if your bait is running to the left and blowing out to the left, bend that line tie to the right just slightly. Um, and if it's running to the right, bend the line tie slightly left and see if that works. And just keep on bending it until it gets straight to where the bait runs straight. Some baits, you can bend the line tie slightly off, and it makes the bait hunt almost. So especially with balsa baits, that's a big thing is hunting. So... Some baits just have a tendency to blow out because they weren't tuned properly or they weren't welded back together properly or what have you, whatever the right. reason might be. Some baits just don't run perfect out of the package. Um, Sixth Sense and Striking are pretty darn good about getting their baits to run straight most of the time. But some baits, they just don't run straight. So okay. that's a big thing. Um, then the big one, swim baits. Your specialty, obviously. For those listening in, he has like... Uh, 150 baits hanging behind him at the moment. Yeah, this this whole thing used to be all big baits, and I moved to like a bunch of balsa baits over here. So I've got them all like laying in boxes over here. Those <laughs> all your customs so, behind you? Yeah, the bunch of oh, let's see there, bunch of custom balsa crank baits over there. Got some of my swim baits over here. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys see all the way to the ceiling. oh, all the way to the ceiling. Do you all the way? Like, the do you have a place where people can like purchase these? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just through my Instagram. You just DM so me there. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Instagram and uh, email. So either of those. 
but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's I'm not very like like I have enough orders that I don't have to like you know sell. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not like out there you know pumping out marketing stuff, but um, so I'll, I'll I'll go into this real quick with glide baits. Ooh. I'll make it simple, as simple as possible. So these two right here, I'm just going to demonstrate real quick here. So glide baits. Some glide baits tend to glide rather choppy like this one right here, or a KGB. Um, this is really only applicable to resin baits or baits that have a pin that you can remove. Um, ABS baits normally don't have this option because the uh, the pin, which is basically a pin that runs through this part right here, I'll pop it out real quick here. For those listening in, walk us through. Yes, yes. Um, one sec here, let me get my little tool um, and pop these pins out. You can use a nail. So basically, I'm just gonna demonstrate in this Tato Eon. Um, Let's see if my camera will. I'm gonna zoom in here. I'm gonna brighten things up. Let's see if this will work. There we go. All right, here we go. See, there's a hole there. Yep. yep. It goes through both sides. I'm gonna stick this little thing right here. You can either stick a paper clip or a nail. This is a little screw eye that goes into a bait. I'm gonna stick this in that hole and I'm just gonna pop that pin out. So you basically stick it in the hole and you pop the pin out. Let me see if I can get it with my hands. A lot of the time it's easier with uh, pliers. Sorry, this is a little, little tricky sometimes. I should have brought my other tool over here. It's all good. Sorry about this. <laughs> you got us on the edge of our seats over I here. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost got it there. So some baits is a lot easier because the pin is already sticking out like a Buka Bull Glide or a uh, Bullshed Trick Glide. The pins are already sticking out, so it makes it a lot easier to I, pull the I, pin out of. I've heard that a lot now. The um, the bull, oh, the bullshad you said, well, Buga, yeah, bullshad. that one. Buga. I've, I've, um, Tammy Sanchez, my teammate at the Knucklehead, mm -hmm. was fishing that. All right, there you go. So you okay. popped it yeah. out. So the pin sticking out. A lot of baits come with the pin already sticking out now. Yep. So you just take some pliers, you pull that pin out. You don't want to lose that. Um, I mean, a lot of the time you can just go to the hardware store and get a stainless steel nail and cut the top off of it and put it in there Got uh, it. instead. But Basically, now you've got the bait in two halves. So you've got the tail section there where the screw eyes go into the bait. You've got that hole where the pin goes. Yeah. And then this right here is where the magic happens, um, those two pins right there. So a lot of the time, baits will have a hole here and a hole here, um, and above and bit. below. Oh, You're a little above, too close. Let's see. The, there we there go. We go. Above and below the bottom screw eye. A lot of baits will have a hole there and there. Um, to accept weight or rattles if you want to put them in there, oh. um, which is pretty cool. So you can get the bait to have a little bit of sound or sink faster, or you can drill weight out of there to make it a, have a slower sink or a float. Um, so those two screw eyes right there are really important. If you pull those screw eyes, if you twist them, make sure to twist them 360 degrees um, or else your bait will be out of tune most likely. Um, and I'll get into that for a second here, but say you want your glide bait like this Tato Eon to glide in a choppy motion instead of a wide and smooth motion, more like a chad chad. You have to rotate these hook hangers, which are basically just screws, right. 360 degrees outward, and just do it a couple of times. So I did two full 360 degree turns on each of the screw eyes. Make sure to do both of them at the same time. So I'm basically just turning these screw eyes yep. and just turning them 360 degrees each. Then what you do is you put your bait back together 
Make sure the pin is sticking out of the top or the bottom so that way you can easily tune it again um, if you don't have the desired action. So there we go. So now we've freed up that joint and it has a little bit more movement in the joint. So the more movement a lot of the time means your bait has a little bit more resistance so it's more choppy. So you have the ability to chop the bait a little bit more instead of having it do a smooth wide glide. So, so that's you what do that by essentially extending the length in between. Yes, the, uh, exactly. Got it. Yes, this is more of a visual show. I'm sorry. It's hard to no, explain sometimes. No, this I... bay right here, I did the exact thing. Used to be a more smooth, widening, you know, wide glide to it. I moved those pins out. I actually sanded down these joints on each side so that way it had more movement to it. And I also bent the tail because this guy uses a brush tail and it was kind of off. Um, and I also drilled out a little bit of resin out front. Got all kinds of mods there. Weight. Why'd you drill yeah. out the resin? Uh, I wanted it to sit a little bit more head down, a little bit more, just a tiny bit. And uh, this bait right here chops even better than HHED. I can promise you that. This is the most choppy, twitchy bait there is, and it will stay exactly, like, perfectly level. It's not going to roll on you at all. This is the GFB, um, if anyone's wondering. But great little choppy glide once you do those modifications so once you do a 16 modification to it it'll work perfect for everybody <laughs> it works good out of the box <laughs> but if you want to fine-tune it i mean come on. you probably can't help yourself right when no, you make no, them you're like oh i need to since i could yeah. do it i'm going to most of yeah. us will be like uh i'm not touching it this thing will be like swimming in circles by the time i get done with it exactly exactly but okay. yeah so that's just kind of the basics this tattoo doesn't accept mods like that as well um, as some other baits, the, probably the bullshit is probably the best one that accepts modifications like that to the joint. Um, now, if you do happen to get those screws out of tune, um, if the bait says glide into the left, you bend the joint to the left. So it's opposite of your crankbait. So you basically bend those, you grab the joints and you twist them. You actually twist the true screw eyes using the joint and you actually twist them that way. Like okay. you're actually bending the metal that way, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I probably won't be doing modifications to my $70 Vuga <laughs> bullshad swim bait. But, oh, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, you that's, that's whip one generics. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then also tails are a big thing, too. Tails okay, are walk through, action. Yeah, so walk yeah, us so, through the, the variations of tails and what people use, because I've seen – I was just at the Columbus National Expo. Um, shameless plug. Got a video coming out this Saturday just walking through that. But nonetheless, you got there and you're like, oh, wow, there's like – of course we knew this there's a million different types of tails make from different mm -hmm. types of materials why would i choose one over the other okay yeah so it's a lot of the time it's the bait maker um if you have a good bait maker that know they're that you know knows the action that they want the bait to have they're going to make that bait how they want it to have that action so they're going to make it you know with the right tail on there so this right here is a fish everything hk6 um, it's a little herring glide it has this super soft silicone tail not soft plastic soft plastic would rip too easy being that thin and floppy um super floppy right there so this tail right here is going to flop around it's going to add drag to the bait it's going to tighten up the action quite a bit so you're getting a flat-sided crankbait kind of action it's going to be really tight uh, swimming glide. Now you can get this thing to glide out really wide as well. So that's the that's one of the tails. That's kind of a new uh, one that a lot of people are now adapting to and using. I think it's I don't know it's something that people have just not realized in the past. Um, the trace one, is similar. Trace has a rubber tail. Yes, it's a yes, real it soft, does. flappy one that's replaceable. Yep, yep, exactly. I think that one might have netting in it somewhere. I'm not sure to keep it super durable. But then the other kind is a hard plastic or Lexan polycarbonate kind of tail so this right here makes some noise too over here 
Uh, so this adds a bunch of noise, noise to the bait as well. Um, this is a 316 herring crankdown or wake, either one. So that adds some noise to the bait. Then you have, of course, everyone knows the ugly looking brush tails. Um, I hate those so much. <laughs> why, why do you hate them? And like, what's a lot of the, the time, it seems like I do a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, for me, number one, it doesn't look realistic. Number two is if a fish comes from behind, a lot of the time they come up to it and it stops them. You can see how much resistance it takes to hit that. So if the fish comes up from behind, a lot of the time, eating a freaking porcupine. Yeah, yeah, yeah poking them, it's stopping them from getting the bait. Which is <laughs> so really why did I see so many with you that know? type of style on it? What's what? Is there a logic behind it? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would assume so if a lot of people are using it, but a lot of people just don't know and they just see it and they're just like, oh, KGB does it, so let's do it. And now KGB does theirs good. Bullshed does theirs good because they're super, super soft. Got um, it. Super soft. They're you know relatively small. So I'm fine with those a lot of the time, but I mean, I, I, I would prefer a Lexan or silicone or urethane kind of tail in mine. So that would be my personal preference. I'm not a big fan of the brush tails because they kind of look ugly as well. <laughs> you know, right. it's just me. I'm like, I'm, I'm big on like how the baits look as well because I'm kind of weird like that. <laughs> I'll grab one more tail. No, it's all good. While you're over there grabbing that, I uh, got another question for you. Okay. Um, obviously, you like fishing big baits. Um, yes. Walk me through four or five reasons why go big. All right, this is going to be good right here. So number one is you have that drawing power. So even if you're not catching fish on your bait, a lot of the time you're seeing those fish that you can come back later and say pitch a wacky rig to or a chatterbait to. Now we're talking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I knew you'd like that one right there. But, you know, so that's one of the bigger reasons, especially if people are uh, are not into throwing those baits all day and trying to catch some fish on them. Um, and if you have two, SS, you can actually see that happen underwater. So if you're fishing exactly. a little deeper – and then, then you can actually see the drawing power of this particular. We talked about this when I had Ty Berger on from Bass Fishing HQ just a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, he would go through with, I believe it was the, maybe the Chad Chad or the Bad Chad, I don't know, something like that. But <laughs> he would see, like, hey, I didn't notice it until I had mm-hmm. FFS. And I was like, oh, man, I see. They, they, they wouldn't necessarily come up and grab it. But he'd be like, ha-ha, see you. I'll mm-hmm. be back later type of deal. Yes, yes. And then uh, another reason for it is a lot of the time those bigger fish – just tend to go for those bigger baits because they expend less energy going for one meal instead of going for a bunch of meals. So it's kind of like eat one hamburger or eat 50 bite-sized hamburgers. You like know, old country like buffet. Yeah. You go one place and have all the food or I go over here and have a little bit of food. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and then there's the other reason as in not many people are throwing these bigger baits mm-hmm. correctly. So a lot of the time people throw them and it kills other bites on the lake. We can get into that as well. Heck yeah, we can. You can't dangle that out there and not talk about it. Come on. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, and then the other thing is a lot of the time these fish, when they see a big, a big creature or thing in the water, a lot of the time it's real and it's not a fake bait because a lot of the time these fish are getting conditioned to sound vibration and the angles at which these baits are coming at. So if you can put your mindset into, okay, what is everyone else doing? How can I do that differently? Kind of mindset. So like big baits, I feel it's like its own genre of fishing aside from conventional fishing because you've got wake baits, you've got frog big baits, you've got glide baits that are like jerk baits. You've got wake baits, you've got crank bait baits. Like it, there's literally every kind of conventional fishing bait there is. There's a big bait out there to kind of correspond with that bait, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. But those are a couple of reasons for going big and they're just fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. I like the last reason. I like the last reason because I feel like yeah. you always got to give them a little razzle dazzle, something they haven't like seen before. Exactly. And man, you're right. That five, six, seven, eight pound bass has mm-hmm. seen it all, folks, and has mm-hmm. been on a few of those before. Definitely. It is a bit conditioned. So you got to give them something they've never seen before. And so that's why I like, I think this, this whole summer, um, I'm going to be trying out some larger baits myself. So stay tuned to that. I like it. Heck yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the one last tail to go over real quick here. And uh, some of these do bend easier. Like say you put them in a wrap or a box, they do bend some of them. Uh, brush tails are pretty nice. You can just bend them like literally with your hands a lot of the time. So that's pretty nice to have. Okay. Lexan tails, they don't have any issues. I've never had one melt on me or anything like that. Silicone, they don't really bend. Big one you got to watch out for is soft plastic because if it touches Z-Man plastic, it's going to oh, mess yeah. up. Um, and urethane, urethane will bend and warp. This is urethane right here. Um, okay. It's, I mean, they come in different short hardnesses. So different like hardnesses for uh, different actions. So this one right here um, is probably 40, maybe a 30, but yeah. I don't know what so, that means. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I 40 don't or 30 folks. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's talking but, about. Yeah. So it's, it's, it has some, it's it has some bend to it. Got it. <laughs> but exactly. So yes, that's, that's tails to go over real quick. I think I covered most of it. <laughs> All right. You did cover most of it. We're going to circle back to number three where most people are not fishing them correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Qual- qualify that for us. Okay. So this is uh, something I learned from Mike Gilbert over at working class zero on his YouTube channel, amazing YouTube channel for big baits and everything. So, so you're fishing a, I don't know, just say you're fishing this glide bait right here. This is an 86 Andromeda. It's a big bait. Not many fish see it. It's got a really wide glide to it. All right. So you throw it at a lay down and you get a few followers, say they're six, seven, eight pounds. You get a few of them. They follow you and the bait to the boat. And then you're like, oh, I got followers, I got followers. And you're trying to get them to commit. They don't commit. They just kind of back off and they go right back to where they were. And you're like, okay, okay, I got to make another cast out there. And then you bring in maybe one or two of those fish. Maybe there were five or six to begin with. And you only bring one or two in. And you try to do the same thing to get them to commit again. And they don't. And they go right back there. Next cast, you don't get any followers. Well, you just condition those fish to know that this bait right here and you is connected to you and the boat. And they know that boats and that bait now means bad and it means danger. So you got to know when to quit and when to keep going and when to throw a different bait at a different angle versus when to throw the same bait at the same angle or a different angle. So this really goes into putting time on the water with these baits and learning your fish because each lake has different fish and inside some of the bigger lakes, you'll have different like fish that like to feed in different ways. So here on my lakes, fish don't like the baits to be casted into the laydown. They like to be casted at a side angle parallel with the laydown. So, I mean, there's like a lot of things that could go into this. Like that's conditioning fish to the baits and it's easier to condition a fish to a big bait. I feel anyway, because it's something they don't see very often. I feel anyway. Huh. I love it. me. No, I mean, whenever I have a follower, I never throw the same thing after I have a follower. I usually mold well, them back to a wacky rig and that usually will get them every freaking time. Yes. Love it. All right, I got a question for you. I was, uh, <laughs> I was walking without the, uh, National Fishing Expo in Columbus. It was okay. a weekend. It was awesome. So, um, Tackle Talk, Bass Fishing HQ, a few other guys. It was a blast. Then I came up on this, uh, came up on this booth, okay. and I saw the mother. And I know what you know what the mother is. But then mm-hmm. I looked at the price mm-hmm. tag of this bait. It was four hundred twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! What am I looking at? And why? Why does it cost <laughs> nearly a half a grand? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so the mother, if anyone doesn't know, as a Roman-made mother, it is made in Japan. So there's a guy, and I think I'm sure he's got a bunch of other employees because they pump them out. Um, it is a wood bait. So if you and if you guys know about wood, it's special. It has inconsistencies. It has a natural frequency. If you guys um, are into that kind of deal, like if you guys go into frequencies of baits because it's a natural object versus a plastic or fake object. Some people think it sounds different and everything, and it does. Um, so those baits are made on a CNC. Most people think they're hand-carved. They're not. They're done on a CNC. Um, <laughs> so that's a big thing. That's that's why, you know, people can, you know, say, oh, the price is, you know, a thousand bucks because it's done by hand. Well, it's actually not. It's done on a CNC. So, um, yeah, they're wood baits. They're made out of Japan, so they're going to cost a little bit more. So I, I can't justify the price. I personally can't because I'm not a super big fan of them. But I know a lot of people like them a lot, and a lot of people have caught really, really good fish on them. Well, so, I imagine the thing, that's I mean, me. if you just, the bait itself is a really good fish here in Ohio, let alone what you could catch with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's insane. It is. Well, I mean, like, it's like a foot I've long. Got, I've got a beast glide up there. So if any of you guys know what a beast glide is, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, it's 10 ounces. It's a big bait. It's like, yep. it's basically like the mother, but it's made out of resin. Um, it's made by 316. So that's one of my favorite bigger baits to actually fish. But yeah, I mean, the mother, it's like, there's a lot of guys that love the thing. And a lot of guys are like, you know what? I tried it. I didn't like it. Um, same with the negotiator, which is basically a smaller version of the mother. It's a little bit Got cheaper. Um, but you can find like the own made mothers for like 300 bucks used or 200 bucks huh. used. Um, but the thing is the older ones don't swim as good as the new ones. So the new batch ones swim a lot better. So you got to decipher which ones are new. You got to look at the date that they were signed on or the patterns or the way they were carved. So that's just yeah but i would they, imagine they everyone listening is like checking out going the mother roman yeah, looking yeah. it up so if you have a link for it throw it in so everyone else can yes can see it um is yes. the mother like 24 ounces yeah no, it's, it's like 10 ounces the mother chaser is like 24 so that's that's a thousand dollar one yeah <laughs> Let me see throw a link in there someone go find this for us so we can all i'll get not pay you. attention to what we're saying but go look at this ginormous <laughs> lore that costs insane amount of money okay so walk us through what what's the number one question you get on instagram as a bait maker hmm. Other than what how clear much coat do you use <laughs> that's the big one what clear coat do you use really do you give away yeah. the juice or do you care or? it doesn't matter it doesn't matter though that's the thing uh, clear coat doesn't i mean it matters to an extent but if you aren't prepping your bait and priming your bait and using the right paint it doesn't matter so Okay. I, I mean, like, that's the thing is a lot of people think the clear coat is what makes the bait durable, but it's actually not. It's it's really not. It's, it's uh, all the you're, you took before that. Yes. So if your bait, if you're holding, if you painted, like I see videos and pictures of guys painting their baits and they've got their greasy hands holding the bait and they're like, look at this bait I just painted. You're like, okay, first off, your hands have natural oils. Second off, the bait is made out of chemicals. So you, um, there's all kinds of stuff on the bait now and the paint's not going to stick to it. And you probably didn't even use a primer or a good primer anyway. Um, so the good steps to take are you sand your bait, you make sure to let it sit for a few days. So that way any of the gases out of the bait, out of the resin bait anyway, degas, get out of the bait so that way we don't get that blistering effect like we did with this guy right here. Yeah. So that lets all the gases, any moisture out of there. Then you sand your bait, make sure to sand it good, make sure to get in all the cracks, crevices, use a scotch brite around the gill patterns or whatever, what have you. Um, then you lay your primer down on there. Then you start laying your paint. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird because a lot of people go, oh, I just use Createx, you know, water-based stuff, which is 
basically just the paint is laying on top of the primer and it's laying on top of the other colors and the clear coat just lays on top of it. I use automotive. I used to use water-based. Now I use automotive paint because it actually chemically everything meshes and becomes one. It bonds. Got it. Yes. Everything bonds together. It mixes together. So you've got chemical reactions going for you. So everything kind of sticks to itself. Everything becomes one. So that's where the big thing comes in. Because if nothing sticks to your bait, the clear coat doesn't matter. Now right. you can get into epoxies when you lay three coats of epoxy on. It's going to be, you're going to have a tough time getting rid of that paint and, you know, destroying the bait. So if you put a bunch of epoxy under bait, it's going to last for a while. Um, All right. So, yeah. There's a question coming in from Sly Fox Fishing. Had him on the show um, a few shows back. So if you want to learn okay. all about okay. spinnerbait fishing, um, we talked like over an hour just on spinnerbait fishing. <laughs> so this guy's been doing it for 40 years. But he had a question for you. His question was, do you ever use the UV light clear coat? Ooh, okay. So, And why would buddy, someone use that, by the way? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people just don't like to spray automotive clear coat because it's got all kinds of like, it's literally getting in your lungs and it causes cancer. It's super yeah. deadly and dangerous. Like I wear a full uh, Tyvek suit, like air supplied tank from outside of my shop to oh, wow. spray this stuff. Like it's yeah, like extremely deadly. It's very, very deadly if it gets, you know, into your skin, into your eyes and everything. So that is a super, you know, it's one of the better ones to use. Um, you can use epoxy out there, but UV light clear coat, I have not gotten into that because I'm a big fan of automotive clear because I like to spray it on there. I just want to spray it on, you know, wait for a flash, you know, and then spray on another coat or however many coats you want to do. So UV light clear, you got to build a UV box for it or set your baits out in the sun on like a bait tree. It's mm. like you make these PVC trees and hang all your baits on them. Well, if, you know, it's raining outside or it's not sunny out, your baits aren't going to cure. Um, and it may be like that for a couple of days and you're like, oh, I got to get these baits out. So that's a big thing. I don't want to build UV boxes for my clear coat to harden. Right. And, you know, a lot of the time these companies actually like are not like uh, they like to discontinue things. So UV clear coat can go bad. Um, I've never experienced it before. So never, I've never really been a big fan of UV clear coat, but I know some guys use it and love it. Like my buddy, uh, Michael McCamus, he makes rats, sack big bait co. Nice. Super, super great guy. He's like, one of the better rats out there that he makes. Nice. But uh, yeah. Sly Fox says it best, guys. If you have not yet hit that like button, please help us out. It gives us a little reach on the old YouTubes after this is all said and done. So tell me I'll hit that like button if you're getting some value of it. All right. Value from this bad boy. Got a couple more questions for you. Um, Alrighty. What's your number you. one bestseller? Most requested custom. Mm -hmm. Probably this guy right here. So this one right here is for Paul and Jeff. I actually had to replace a tail in it. Um, for them because yeah. his kid ripped a tail out <laughs> he, he ripped the tail out so now i put a silicone <laughs> one in so it's a lot pull more away children pull away but yes so this is oh. probably the one i sold the most and had the most fish catches on um walk us through for those listening in what are we looking at that's like a, is that a computer yes. chip bill type of deal yes it is that's Got a big it. deal for me um on all like most of my uh like actual balsa baits that I build um, and fish personally. Most of them are circuit board because I don't fish rock. There's not really any rock around here. So circuit board will get eaten up pretty quick if you're fishing it on rock. So it gets kind of worn away and everything. Um, this bait, I'm not grinding into anything, but that super thin circuit board helps the water flow over it faster. So you, your bait starts working and moving as soon as you start reeling. So it's almost like a jackhammer versus an original chatterbait. The jackhammer, it starts as soon as you start reeling. Up. Yep. So that's exactly the same thing with circuit board lips. It's thinner. It lets the water flow over it faster, and you start getting a crisper action as well. It also starts working a little bit better as well because that lip right there has a little bit of flex. So if you hit something, it's going to bounce off of it a little bit better as well. 
So it's better around wood, personally, for my experience. For those listening in, this is a double-jointed, ginormous wake bait. Oh, no, this is tiny. This is like two everyone, everyone's on here is like, that's a honking weight bait, Sly Fox Fishing. Do you want to see a big one? Come on now. There's like, All right. I can show flex, you. Flex for us. Okay. He's going back to his wall, grabbing one of the 70,000 baits hanging back there. There you go. That's big. All right. That's a lot bigger. So <laughs> why is the one, why is the wake bait like your number one bestseller? Oh, Mainstream just said he has one of those. And he says yes. it's massive. Yes, he has the thin version of it. So it's yeah. more geared toward beginners because it's lighter, it's easier to throw. It yeah, doesn't push as big of a weight. Be, you're a beginner. That's what Brandon <laughs> said on, on the show. Well, listen, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a dedicated <laughs> rod, so I made sure to give him the tiny one. <laughs> he can't even defend himself right now. He's just sitting over here in the comments, and we're just not even going to pay attention to anything he has oh to say. <laughs> oh, I love Jermaine, but I had to do it to you. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's typing oh, as fast as he can right now. He's, he's like deleting like, things. He's, so, he's yeah, raging. He's, he's probably going to call right me on the show. He's <laughs> going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so that's your number one. Any particular color on that bad boy? A lot of people like baby bass, and I'm a big proponent of baby bass for me as well. Like That's okay. a big color for me, but most of the time I fish bone. But I think the reasoning behind if this thing sells so good is because it may look like a normal generic wake bait. Um, I did not design it to be a normal generic wake bait. It, it, it serves a very specific purpose in the bodies of water that I fish. Um, it was, it was a tool that I needed or wanted really. So, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> so Bass Raft has a question for you, Brendan, okay. how much do those costs? We're talking about the, the custom. Okay. Yes. Yes, so this one right here, this is wood, hand-carved. I don't do the carved gills anymore, um, just to cut down on price a little bit. These are 135 each. Um, I, each one is custom, carved, handmade. I'm actually working on a batch of them right now for a couple of guys. Um, so it may take a month, maybe two months to finish it, and it's going to be super durable. Like, I, I, I've knocked these things into docks and everything. Like, I take it out, like, the first time to test the durability. I took it, and I casted it out onto the concrete in the parking lot of the boat ramp just assessed and see like how hard I could like beat the heck out of this thing. Yeah. Did it and, explode uh, into three pieces or just get it did not. a little bit? It, it just got, it had a few dents in it on my clear coat flexes a little bit. And so does these sealers that I use and I had no issues with it. So anybody else just cry a little bit that Brandon just said he threw his $135 bait onto the concrete just to see what it would do. Cause that hurt. Like, <laughs> Listen, you got to test hurt it a little bit. I know. I appreciate you're I testing mean, them. It just I hurts me. I, yeah. I know I totally get it. Like if, if I didn't make baits, like that would be something hard for me to do, but I want to have hundred percent confidence in my baits that I make. I want to stand behind my product and I will stand behind my product because hey. I feel it's, you know, superior as far as durability goes in, in wood baits anyway. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Mainstream say, Hey, I'll get him back. So he's coming for you and he owes you one. Oh boy. He's going to drive down here. He's going to be too tired to, to be. Yeah, he's going to take him like 15 anymore. hours to get down there. It's, he's not yeah. driving anywhere. <laughs> Grimy Fishing says, Brendan, tell him how fast he can fish it. Yes, yes. You can fish this extremely fast. So this bait actually does not dive at all. This is strictly a wake bait. This will not go under the water. This stays on top of the water. So a lot of wake baits. Actually, I can't really think of any that don't stay on the surface strictly. They all go down at least a foot or two. Now, in some cases, that's good depending on what you want to do. But this bait, no matter where you put your rod tip or how fast you fish it, it will stay on the surface, which is a big thing for me. And it also pushes a ton of water. Um, it has a ton of side roll as well, so you're getting the you're getting a full profile as it's going through the water. So, and it's super loud. 
Danielle, if you're listening upstairs to this podcast, I'm going to apologize in advance for spending $135 on the door. I hear, I hear yelling through the, through the ceiling at the moment. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. I'm in trouble. Is there a specific knot you use on that? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, you got to get your knot dialed in. It, yes. it floats. So you're good. If it, it breaks off, unless it's in the hook of a mouth, mm-hmm. it's going to float back up. Yep. And it floats like a cork. There's, I mean, that thing right there, you can, you can, you could probably use this as a life preserver to throw some, to there throw to somebody. It is. It floats. It's US, United States Coast Guard approved, folks. Exactly. You're exactly. good. To, you're good to go. But what knot do you usually you put on that bad boy? I mean, yeah, for every, every single bait, uh, braid or monofilament, I use a polymer. Now, if I'm using braid, um, instead of just taking the tag end and cutting it, I tie a couple of like overhand knots in it and tie it super close to the knot, and then I burn the end off. So that way, if the knot does slip, that bundle of little knots catches whenever the knot unravels, and it stops the bait from flying off. All right. So, but monofilament, that's not needed. You just you know make sure wet it and cinch it down good. All right, so that's some fun. We're we're coming down to the end of our time here, and thank you so much, Brendan. You've been bringing <laughs> yeah, the juice. Yeah, of course. It's been fun to learn yeah. about. I learned like so many different things on tonight. <laughs> I'm not really into the. I love making soft plastics, but I never got into yeah. the um, the hard baits. Wood baits. So you'll get into over it eventually, I'm sure. Say what? You'll get into it eventually, I'm sure. Like yeah, if one thing next, leads next, to another, it's winter. going to happen. Next winter, <laughs> or I can just live oh. vicariously through you. All right, <laughs> we're gonna take a little ride over here. Let me let me okay. remove my. Uh, my little filter I have here because it's throwing everybody Uh-oh. off. Boom. There we go. We're over on his Instagram, folks. Brown Bait Co. And we're just looking at all the photos over here. So tell me where to stop. I'm scrolling okay. down. You're like, hey, I want to talk about that one because it's. I mean, that, that glide bait right there. I mean, that's like really special to me. That's like. Okay. How come? That one right there. Yeah, that one right there. So that is. I've never seen anyone build one before successfully. Okay. That is a balsa glide bait. So if any of you guys know what balsa is, it is an extremely light wood. I think it's the second most light wood there is on the face of the earth, I believe, or known to humanity. Um, so it's super light. It's used in balsa crankbaits and jerkbaits a lot of the time. Like if you guys know the Rapala double, you know, the one joint, um, I don't know what the heck is it called. Somebody remind me in the chat. Um, but it's like, you know, one of the OG baits. Um, so that's what that bait is made out of is balsa. Super lightweight, you know, floats really hard. It's kind of hard to get a bait balanced especially a glide bait with balsa and i kind of like I, the only reason i made it is to uh to, to see the wood grain and to mess with somebody that i sent it to because <laughs> they've been trying to to make one but it looks yeah that gorgeous. one right there looks yeah nice. thank you thank you it's like a little herring kind of glide bait it's got the silicone tail so it's super tight action and if you can see at the bottom the pin is sticking out so right. you can remove that pin and you can change the weight because there's a hole in there you can add literally a, uh, a nail weight i've got one here i thought i had one here you can add a nail weight like you use in an eco rig yep. and put it inside the bait and put the hole in or you can use like a texas rig weight in there and you can glue it in nice so yeah that's uh that one i'm really proud of that's like one of my favorites because it just i don't i like it <laughs> all right what else are you looking yeah. here i'm scrolling down just tell me to stop you're like hey i have something to say about that okay okay uh let's see here oh there's one i sent to gramps that uh three two joint three joint or two joint three piece wake that one right there nope there you go nope to the right, right down. There you go. Yeah, that one right there. I actually made that one and sent it to uh, Fishing with Gramps along with a few crankbaits. Um, that's a great beginner bait right there. Doesn't weigh a super, you know, a ton. And it stays on the top of the surface. You can walk it. You can reel it in straight. And it's a fish catcher. So nice. that's one of my 
that one right there. I like our gramps a lot. Let's put it to the test, brother. I haven't I seen know. it catch any fish on it. Come on. <laughs> I bit him a few crankbaits and I think they caught some on them. So nice. That's good. All right. But Ball yeah. moving down. I got some orders going out the door here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I like this one. That's the color I like. Oh yeah. You want to see that one actually I made for uh, Terry Batisti. You guys know him. It's uh, one of my favorite favorite people to talk to, but that's a little Ooh, bass yeah. wake. I like the yeah, glitter like, paint or color shift yeah, or whatever I'm looking at there. there. Gold pearl. But yeah, that one is the two-piece version. So uh, this is the three-piece. The two-piece one walks a lot better. And that's the reason I made those baits is for them to be walked. Um, it is not, you can reel them straight, but they're made to be walked. Um, it's a little bit of a different bait. But that was the last batch of them that I did with carved gills. Um, and the oh, right, okay. one right next to it is for Ken Duke. It's a June bug color, actually. Oh, wow. The green is not, is kind of hard to see in the camera, but it's there in person. Anyway. Oh, I kind of see it. Man, gorgeous. But yeah. <laughs> this is fun. I know I'm going to spend the next. I didn't realize all these were videos. All right. Yeah. Keep on going down. So okay, you get okay. you get custom from all over. Yes. You get, all you over got like place. pros and stuff that you custom for? Uh, one or two, but you awesome. know, it's, I don't uh, to share them, but uh, no. <laughs> I saw they made Stefan one. Yes, I did. I did. I made one of those uh, Kong shots. That one right there in a perch color right there is for uh, Frank. He's in the chat. He actually has this one right here. Oh, nice. But yeah, he's grimy fishing on uh, Instagram, and hopefully he'll get a podcast coming soon. Come on, yeah. Frank. Matt, you know, but... Matt Stefan was pulling that thing through, showing the action of it. That was kind of yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's a big nine-inch you know, swim bait. It's uh, It has a very large action and like presence in the water. It's uh, It was a fun bait to make, but I discontinued that one, actually. So Frank's the last one to have one of those. Really? <laughs> he is, he is. So the beauty of making your own baits is that if you discontinue something, you just decide to undiscontinue it because you can just go make it again, right? I or could. You like I, I make it for it. myself. <laughs> there you go. There you yes. go. Yes, and Frank did that. Take that picture. He's saying he's artsy. <laughs> I see that. Yes. <laughs> There's that I green one there. I actually had that one up here. I still have it. It's right there. All right. But that's a Okeechobee craw. That's right before clear coat. Um, but yeah, I love doing these like using those uh, candy paints to where you can see the wood grain. It adds yeah. detail. It's like kind of like a craw pattern. the lines. Yeah, yeah, I love using that kind of paint right there to do stuff, and then I put the eyes on the back of it. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yes, I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did have shirts done as well from uh, Amy at Tech or uh, Printcraft. Um, super nice person to do deals with in shirts. Great. Person. This one's like Bigfoot over here. Look at this, it's blurry. Yes. Like that one fan. right there is a prototype, and it works. I have not yet released it yet. <laughs> nice. And we I like to put about my baits through. Oh yes. See, that's that right there. See, I can see why people like that one. That's the one. That's the one I would fish. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think there's a video. I might show the colors off a little better, but yeah. It's the video. Oh, here's the yeah, video. There you go. All right, we'll watch this through. Everyone on the podcast <laughs> listening in on Spotify is like, bro, seriously, can't see any. It's of like this a dark bluegill. <laughs> it is. That's but you got know. like, it's a lot of. Those are big eyes, man. Yep. I like the big eyes, but I kind of just started doing black ones. I like the black a little bit more. Just a little bit more clean and simple. I don't know. All right, I coming down do the... So, like, if you have, like, baits that are just, like, that you don't like the color on, I can repaint them and color match them most of the time. But, yeah, there's, like, a rat. There's a bull shad. A bunch of different baits. Oh, there's the... Uh, if you go down just a little bit... I think it's down. Yeah, there you go. The water right there. That shows the action of the one that I sent Jermaine, which is the thin gill. Um, oh, okay. If you want to see this, the action of it. Um, oh, yeah, I want to see you it. Go. So that's it. Whenever it's in, uh, right before I, you know, finish the sealing process and everything. So, I'll start reeling it eventually. I don't know where. 
think Tommy matters. Waiting on throw. Yeah, this is uh, this is riveting. You're just basically moving around your oh, hands boy. right now. Here we go. Come on, let's there see it. Go. See it in action. Here we go. So I do a couple of different retreats. There's a slow retreat, I believe. Yeah. Oh man, I want to jump out of the water and eat it myself. <laughs> let's see. All right, here comes. Medium. Look if you if you can hear the sound roll. on that video, like it's loud. Once I get it going fast. So now we're going to do kind of a medium retrieve. This is what I would use most of the time right here. All right, next is fast retrieve, and it'll it'll get going. Nice. Just watch this. So now we're going to do a burn. Now this is what this bait really excels at because of how loud it is. So I'm going to go ahead and burn it as fast as my reel can go. So it like does like a whopper plopper kind of splashing. So you can it's see like how much water this thing is pushing. This uh, this little tiny bait right here pushes a ton of water for being so small. It's only like five and a half inches. I love it. That's what I was super excited about. I'm in love. Whenever I first tested <laughs> it, it's super light too. So it's like you can throw it on a crankbait rod. Still keeping the act. Man. I'm yeah. going to have to go over here. I, I went on Instagram and I thought a lot of these were just photos. I didn't realize you. Mm -hmm. well, makes yeah, sense a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, everything. There's a giant one that <sighs> was 27 inches. I still have that and I haven't finished Where? it. Where? I need Which to. One? This one? Big one. No, next to it. Left. Left. There you go. It's that the one. mother. Yeah, it's exact. It's it's a giant, giant glide bay that I'm still working on. I haven't finished it. I need to, though. It takes a while, I would imagine. So what takes you so long when you said it takes you mm -hmm. like a month to make these yeah. things well, how the big come? thing is um big thing is just time it takes a little while to make the thing uh, because i don't do this full time this is not my job you know i do it almost every night so <laughs> but that's the big thing biggest thing is time um i mean like i could if i if i didn't work a job i could probably get one done in about a week okay. um you know like block of wood to finish product right into fish um obviously the clear coat wouldn't be fully set it takes like a week for the clear coat to fully set um like 100 but you can fish it like after a day or two of uh the clear coat setting up so i don't send any baits out until the clear coat is 100 set right so on. nothing is gassing off in the packaging so like if the if the ups driver is you know is, is smoking or whatever the the package is not going to explode or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> lost the tackle oh, a question for you when we're watching that yes. video do you pause that ever right because everyone's yes, like hey I if do. you rip that and pause it that's when i do want to smash it I do, I do. That bait right there, that little tiny one, that one is more or less used for whenever the fish are actively feeding on, you know, schooling fish or whatever. Mm -hmm. This wider one, I like this one more for laydowns when I'm walking it, so I'm moving it a lot slower. Got it. Got it. So Bass yeah. Raft has a question for you. And if you got any questions, we're, we're getting ready to close down the rest of the show. But if you got a question, okay. throw it out there for Brendan. We'll get that answered for you. Brendan, what would you All recommend right. for northern smallmouth? I've never caught a smallmouth before, so well, yeah, he lives I, down in Georgia, I mean, so. from what I have seen, Alabama. the um, the Citizen Six has been a good one for a lot of people, and as well as the Grace Lee Bates Finesse Gill and the Tiny Clash. Um, those are all ones that I've seen a lot of people catch big smallmouth on. So, um, and the bullshads. I mean, anything from bullshad, you're going to get a quality bait for a good price that catches fish. You know, nice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I, well, I really want to catch a smallmouth real bad. <laughs> oh man, come on up here! I'll put you on. Smallmouth. I'd love to. I would love to. <laughs> well, folks, 
if you have not yet done so, it's really your Instagram, right? You're not sending people to YouTube. Just go head over nah, to his Instagram really. page, and that's where he posts the most regularly. <laughs> and you can check out his stuff there. And um, yes, so yeah. Well, I'll answer one more can, question here. Like, you can go to the YouTube. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like I do like I mean like as I'm making baits, I'll be like chatting about like whatever's going on in the sport or whatever. Like I got a lot of funny people that come in there. Um, Frank is one of them. It's uh, always pretty interesting. Like sometimes I'll do one at like 2 a.m. and like there'll be like 10 people in there and just be like chatting up. I mean, it's like so much fun. <laughs> a bunch of other people can't fall asleep that night. I know exactly. <laughs> I do. I got an 11th hour question. I'm going to ask you. So from Sly Fox, what is your most favorite swim bake that you've mm -hmm. ever made? Honestly, it might be that balsa Clyde bait, the little herring. Oh, yeah. It had such a good action. It was like it was like unparalleled to anything I've made before. You talk about so, it like past tense. Where's that thing at? Yeah, I sent it off to a buddy of mine. Um, I actually made it for him specifically. Uh, um, okay. But yeah, it's, a, uh, it's one. Of, I need to make myself one, actually. I need to. <laughs> I love it. I, I so badly wanted to keep it for myself, and I was like, dang it. I, I really should send this to him. I promised. <laughs> I promised someone else. Yeah. Well, yes. If you're listening in from Spotify, head on over to the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel and the Instagram for Brown Bait Co. You can check out Brandon over there and give him a follow and see all the awesome work he is putting out there. Brandon, thank, thank you so much, brother. And uh, guys, yeah, I'm, I, I learned a lot and I'm so incredibly grateful that you took out some time to share your knowledge with us and make us all better anglers out there on the water. So I'll have to have Brendan back on sometime. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Let's do but it. Until next week, I have actually next week, I have the bearded paddler on. We're going to be talking about the best Perfect. kayaks of 2024. So if you're like, Hey, I love talking about fishing kayaks. This is, he is extremely knowledgeable, worked for OMC something. I don't know. Basically he sells kayaks for a living. So he knows the industry very well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. So I'll see you guys next Tuesday night, 8 30 PM Eastern. Brendan, you have a good one, brother. You too. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Wendell Fishing. You know, they say if people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing kayaks. <laughs> See you next time on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast.